Lord, for all you've done for me. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your love, your protection. I thank you for everything, Lord. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I do not own the rights to the music. Amen. It is thank you by Mary Mary. I have so much to be thankful for on today. So I just want to give God glory and praise. Thank you guys for continuing to follow me, listening. I know I've I've been MIA for a minute, but I thank God, amen, that no matter what is going on in life, that all is well. I'm still able to read my chapters every day, do my love dares every day, but I just haven't been able to get on here and record. Um, I think I had mentioned last time that five of my family members had um, got sick with COVID, and so that has consumed a lot of my time. My dad got hospitalized. Um, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. He did not have to go on the ventilator. Um, and just trying to get him where he can do the walk of life and pass it so he can come home. Um, other than that, God has been so good. God has been so faithful. And I just thank him for that. Um, where do I start? Because we have a lot of chapters that we have to catch up on, guys. So let me say this. This is funny. Because you guys know that I be, um, you know, not editing the editing the um, the recordings and all that, right? So the last time I had to record um, 18, 19, and 20. Um, and I thought I had did them well I did I recorded them separately but they end up being on like the same segment or the same um I don't know how the same I don't know what you say it all ended up being together and I had played three different songs right um (laughs) and that was not intentional well this time this one is going to be intentionally recorded for all five six seven days that we got to catch up with um because I just need to get it done. <laughs> I, I got to get it done. I have to work tonight. I have to, you know, I need to still go see my father, um, check on my mom and, and the boys. And, you know, it, it's a lot going on in my life. But I thank God for everything that he's done. I thank God that he's given me the strength to continue on and do this. Um, and I thank God for my husband for being supportive through this because I slacked up on some things that I started doing. Um, like packing his lunch every day, you know, some little things, you know, he's picked up around the house, doing laundry, cleaning the kitchen, you know, things like that. And I thank him for that because that's what a marriage is for where, you know, it's not all on one person where I felt like everything fell on me regardless. And he showed me that, okay, I'm here. We could do this together. And I thank God for that. So let's just get into, oh, another funny part of it, right? So (laughs) this is my second time recording this. Yeah, second time. So last night I went on and recording it and, you know, I was just like two hours talking, two hours, praising God, two hours telling y'all some stuff about me that would make you clutch your pearls and realize that only an hour of it recorded and not even the good juicy stuff. So I was like. Oh my goodness, you are kidding me. So, yeah, we're part two, take two, take take two of day 22 through 27. Um, take two. 
I don't know how long I will talk this time. I don't know if it'll be two hours. I don't know if it'll be an hour. But I am still going to tell you some things about me that still is going to make you clutch your pearls and be like, what? We got the baptismal pools ready. We taking you to the river to get baptized. We're going to leave you under there for about 10, 20, 30 minutes, then bring you back up. Because, uh, yeah, that's 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 just some things I told you guys. Um, Yeah, yeah. So let's get into it. Day 22, love is faithful. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. Then you will know the Lord. Hosea 2 and 20. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. Then you will know the Lord. Hosea 2 and 20. As Christians, love is the basis of our whole identity. As God's children, he gives us the name beloved, which means we are one who are unconditionally loved by God. The focus of our lives becomes loving God and loving others. Jesus clarified God's greatest command for us by saying, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Luke 10 and 27. Our love for each other is supposed to be how people distinguish us as Christ's disciples. John 13 and 35. It is the root and ground of our existence. Ephesians 3 and 17. Let me tell you, when love is supposed to be the root of Christianity, when love is supposed to be the root or should be the identifying characteristic that distinguishes you from the world, when love should be seen in every action that you do, every word that comes out your mouth, you have no time to say any other four-letter words out of your mouth when you're trying to be identified as a Christian. So I can truly say that, you know, love is faithful because God is faithful and just. So, I mean, why do we speak anything but love out of our mouths? Why does the other four-letter words come out of our mouth? Or hate comes out of, or basically it's just hate that comes out of our mouth, which is a four-letter word. Why do we not speak love over to those that we love? Why do we say the worst things to the people that we're supposed to love the most sometimes? We'll be kind to strangers. I'm not, not y'all. I'm talking about myself. Why do, why do I be kind to strangers? But treat my husband like he's trash. Why would I do that? Why? Why? Why, why, why? And it got me to thinking that, one, I was being used by the enemy, allowing myself to be used by the enemy, allowing myself to be misled by the enemy, allowing myself to not be all that God's called me to be. I I was, I was, mm-hmm, yeah, because when I allowed those things to come out my mouth, I allowed myself to continue to live in sin. When I allowed those things to, to be done through me, to my husband, I was allowing myself to just be foolish over and over and over again. And I was showing that man that I say I love you out of my mouth, but actions speak louder than words. Today's dare was love is a choice, not a feeling. It is an intentional action 
not an impulsive reaction. Choose today to be committed to love, even if your spouse has lost most of their interest in receiving it. Say to them today in words similar to this, I love you, period. And no matter what you do, I will never stop loving you. I love my husband unconditionally. So this was not hard for me to do. I was able to tell him, I love you. Period. I love you. I know I've done some things to you that don't see that it absolutely was not of God. Absolutely was not of love. Absolutely would make you think that I hate you when you're the scum off the bottom of my shoe. I absolutely know I did things to you like that. But I love you. And I pray that you will one day forgive me completely for all the ugliness I've done. And you will start to love me unconditionally again. I told this man this and you know what he said to me? He was like, I still love you. I try to stop loving you, but I can't. He said to me, I only stay away all night long because I don't want to be around your craziness. He was like, it's not to hurt you, but it's to prevent you from hurting me. It's not because I don't love you because I do. And I would love to spend time with you, but half the time you going crazy. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Okay. And I, I let him talk and I let, and I listened to what he was saying. And you know what? He's right. I wouldn't want to be around me either. I wouldn't want to spend time with me either. I have to love me from a distance too. So with all that being said, this man had every right to be coming home at, not really, not really. I know he didn't, but this man have every right to be like, um, yeah, I'm out. Deuces. I'll be back 5 a.m., 6 a.m., 7 a.m. I'll be back tomorrow. I ain't, you, you gone crazy. Cuckoo for Cocoa Pops. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, me telling him that I love him. Like, I just remember when we first met. And how much he tried to love me past all of the hurt that I was coming off out of from the previous relationship. And I just remember how... You know, he would tell me things that I was like, are you serious? Like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. Like when we first met, he was like, are you married? And I was like, no. And I wasn't. That's the honest truth. I wasn't. And he was like, you just seem like someone who should be married. The way you carry yourself, your demeanor. And he was like, you sure you're not married? And I'm like, I promise you, I am not married. I would not be in the club if I was married. Although I was still a Christian, loving the Lord. So, you know, with the quote fingers in the air, I was still trying to be a Christian, blah, blah, blah. You know, do what I'm supposed to do for the Lord. But there I was in the club. So, yeah, I wasn't being too Christ-like, but I wasn't married either. So, again, hurting, hurt, you know, I was hurting. So, I was looking for love in all the wrong places. But thank you, Lord. That you were still faithful and just to introduce me to a man who was going to love me past my pain. Love me through my pain. And be and be faithful to me. And 
Lord, in that you are being faithful to me. And I thank you, Lord, for that. So when I really sincerely told my husband I love him, apologized to him and for things and to, that I done and him to turn around and tell me, I still love you. I have not stopped loving you. I try, but I can't. And I'm like, whew, thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. Thank you, Lord, that you continue, 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 continue to show me love, grace, mercy, peace that surpasses all understanding. I thank God for this man. I thank God for him. Because there's absolutely no way I would put up with the mess that I did to him. Absolute, absolutely wouldn't. So, when I tell you guys that my husband was a battered boyfriend and husband, and he stayed with me even to this day, I know y'all clutching y'all pearls right now. I know y'all are. Y'all are like, did she just say what I thought she said? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes, I was wrong. But guess what? My husband is still here. Even in the midst of that. And the crazy part is I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, had the tables been turned, oh, bro, you, you lost your mind. Did you just hit me? Um, oh no, you, you got to die. I'm sorry, Lord. Here's your child back to you. Cause, um, he didn't lost his mind, but it was the other way around and I was the abusive one and there is absolutely no excuse. Do you hear me, ladies? Do you hear me, men? Absolutely no excuse for you to ever put your hand on somebody else's child. Did you hear what I said? Absolutely no reason for you to put your hands on somebody else's child. Now, we correct our children in a godly, loving way, not in an abusive way. My name is not on that man's birth certificate. I had no right putting my hands on him the way I did, pulling knives out on him because I'm upset and angry and my anger gets overboard. Absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely no reason when I can sit here and say, and I know y'all clutching y'all pearls, that I was crazy and abusive. And this man is still here. And no, no, it's not because he has the battered spouse syndrome or anything like that. Oh, because he, he has left me. He he has not. He has not. Yeah, he has left me. And I'm I'm sorry. Do all the like he literally did everything I would tell any other my friends to do. Um, you better leave him, change your address, change your phone number, don't come back, don't look back. Girl, we got to go because we ain't putting up with this foolishness. But I was the one. And I called myself a Christian. 
I was the one. And I call myself preaching the word of God. See, wolf, wolves in sheep clothing will get caught every time. Because let me tell you what happened. I was praying and I was praying and I was like, Lord, I know, I know these, these demons and the enemy, the enemy that is within me and all this anger that's, where's this coming from? I never did this in any other relationship. So why am I all of a sudden like attacking this man full force with my mouth, with my hands, with my Lord, what is going on with me? Lord, what, what? Is going on with me. Uh-uh. And I believe in the transfer of spirits. That's why you don't let everybody lay hands on you. You don't let everybody pray over you. You got to be careful. But not only that, I had to look at past relationships I was in. Never have I been abused. Never have I been abused. But I seen abuse and I seen friends abuse. And I seen and I and you know when you're not protecting yourself with the Holy Spirit, walking like you're supposed to be walking when you know you're supposed to be walking under the shield and protection of the Holy Spirit at all times. And you know better, but you still allow yourself to be moved outside of God's will and you get entangled with stuff. Some of that stuff rubs off on you. And I had to think about, okay, I seen this person do it. I seen that person do it. I seen this person do it. Oh, and although the relationship before this, he was abusive to other people, but never to me. So I was like, that's what happened. I allowed some of those spirits to get caught up on me. No, Lord, this got to go. And not only that, when I'm still, when I am steadily fasting and praying for stuff, like sincerely fasting and praying for stuff and my prayers ain't being answered. Wait, what, what was going on, Lord? And let me tell you, it was in those moments when I was literally fasting and praying that God told me if I did it one more time, oh, that was going to be it for me. Wait, what? What? Wait, hold on, Lord. I heard you. Did I hear you right? I know I heard you right because I mean, that could be only only been you, Lord. Huh? I don't want no smoke with God. I don't want that kind of smoke with God. So I literally, literally, literally after that. Oh, I sit, I sit on my hands if I have to, if we start arguing. Oh, that morning he came in at an ungodly time. Oh, I argued and I said some words that, that wasn't love. I did. I argued. I really did. But I sat on my hands because uh-uh, I don't want no smoke with God. Let me tell you, that's one thing I don't want. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh, God, God's justice is swift and quick. Oh, no, no, no. Mm-mm, nope, nope, mm-mm. I don't want that smoke. Let me let me tell you how I know that God is not playing with me. Because when I went to my cardiologist and got the results from my um from my um stress test and the doctor told me I might have several blocks in my heart, but until he can get me into the cath lab, I got to do EKGs every week. Let me tell you something. Oh God was not playing with me, but guess what? My faith is bigger than anything that any doctor can ever say to me because my faith is in God. And Lord, I seen the promises you have for me and my husband, me and my family. So I already know that this thing is not going to take me out because you showed me things that, that you were promising me for my family. You showed me things that I know I have to be alive for past this point. So guess what? I had to get right, y'all. I had to stop speaking vain words out of my mouth. What, what, what do I mean by that? I have to stop saying 
Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what came over me. I don't know why. I just thought I can hit this man, Lord. No, God, God was tired of me. Tired of me. Tired of me. Do you hear me? That brings us today 23. Because love, it says love always protects. What? Love always protects. 1 Corinthians 13 and 7. Love always protects. 1 Corinthians 13 and 7. No couple gets married as enemies. They tie the knot filled with hopes of a lifetime of love. But the high rate of divorce reveals that after a couple walks down the aisle, they are stepping into a minefield of marital obstacles that can take either of them down. Sadly, every marriage has enemies out there. Mm. And if you already have enemies out there against you, why are you being an enemy against your spouse? I'm so sorry my mouth is getting so dry, y'all. Um, why are you being your spouse's enemy? When it just said there was already enemies out there trying to attack what God has put together. Why are you being the biggest enemy when, you know, you're supposed to be a child of God? Or even if you're just getting this thing right and trying to become a child of God, um, why are you being the biggest enemy? Give me one second. Let me get this open because I gotta. Mm, my mouth is so dry. Making so much noise. Okay. Sorry, y'all know I don't edit. So, um, why are you being the biggest enemy in your relationship? You already have enemies out there against your marriage, want to attack your marriage. Why would you be the biggest enemy? I had to look at myself and say, not no more. One, because, oh, God's justice is swift. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh-uh, I'm good. I, I will behave. I will not do that again. And let me tell you something. I had to learn how to protect my spouse from me. I had to learn how to protect my spouse from me. Now, if I can sit here and I have been the one who have told friends, oh, no, you will not let him hit you no more. Oh, no, you won't. Do I need to come over there? Oh, or I've been there and be like, oh, oh, this is how this is going to go down. Oh, we all about to get into a fight right now because you're not about to put your hands on her in front of me. All of that. Oh, you're not going to hit my friend. You're not going to hit. No, no, we don't do that. But then I turn around and do the very same thing to a man who has loved me through all my hurt, loved me beyond everything that's still here and still willing to look past all of that. When I tell you this man has told me, I love you, but you're going to stop hitting me. I love you, but you're going to stop hitting me. I promise you, you are. And I, I could have been on the next episode of Snap as the victim, the murder victim, because this man could have snapped any day. It, I, I was headed down that road, let me tell you. And that's not a good thing, you guys. I'm not saying that 
to brag on it because it is never acceptable. What I'm telling you this for is because even through all of that and God can snatch me out of all of that and God can still show me the promises that he has for my marriage. If I get right, why would I not get right? If I say I love the Lord, why would I not get right? Why would I not tell this man how sorry I am every day? When I told y'all my daughter told me I should apologize to him every day for the bath for the bathroom incidents. Every day. I owe this man an apology. No, I did not hit him every day. No, I didn't hit him every week. It would just be when we when I felt like we was arguing the most and oh, oh, you gonna get smart? Da, da, again, you're not my child. Why am I putting my hands on you? Just because you said something I didn't like. I might not like it, but guess what? I bet you it was the truth. Call me crazy one more. I, 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 can, I can guarantee you half the times he was calling me crazy. Call me crazy one more time. I'm going to show you crazy. And then I act a fool. Because I was foolish. Love protects. Love doesn't hurt. Love protects. Love protects your loved ones even from you. That's what love does. That's why love compels us to be on the alert and guard. What is most dear and precious to us. Hold on. Mm. See, I'll be putting pauses where there's no commas and it don't even sound right when I'm reading it. Let me read that one more time. That's why love compels us to be to be on the alert and guard. What is most mm. y'all see? <laughs> I gotta get this right now. Y'all know ain't no editing, but I'm gonna get it right so it'll sound right. That's why love compels us to be on the alert and guard what is most dear and precious to us, to be willing to step up and fight some battles passionately. Those that pertain to protecting our spouse and the strength of our union. Many things could destroy our relationship unless our love puts our armor and puts on armor and picks up a sword to protect its own. Mm. 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 Have you put on your armor? Have you put on your armor? Have you picked up your sword? To protect your spouse. Even if it's against yourself. Even if it's from yourself. Have you done that? Have you watched what you said about your spouse? Have you not thought negative thoughts about your spouse? Are you protecting your spouse? Even from you? Hmm? Huh? I wasn't doing that. I was tearing him down. Physically, mentally, emotionally. And I was wrong. So now I have to look at this man with all sincerity and apologize to him for all the wrong I've done. And sincerely mean it. And I do mean it. Or else I wouldn't be doing this. I definitely wouldn't be sharing this. Because I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not. I absolutely cannot be. Because this book would not exist if I was the only one. 
forgiveness would not exist if I was the only one. Jesus wouldn't have had to die on the cross if it was just me. Because I wasn't going to put him on there, but hey, but my actions put him on there daily. So I know, I know, when I say I know God is doing the work in me and my husband can see it too. Because I don't want no smoke with the Lord. mm -mm. Mm -mm. No, Lord, protect my husband, protect my marriage, even for me. Because I don't want my fasting and praying to be in vain. Because literally... I love when we fast. I love when we pray at church. I love when we do our fast, our quarterly fast, or just even a pop-up fast. We'll do a fast now for, you know, because COVID is just running rapid. And, you know, it affected a lot of members of my family and members of the church. And, and you know, so we've been doing fasting for healing and things like that. Lord, I need those prayers answered. My fasting and my praying can't be in vain. But I can't just be all holier than thou one moment, come right out of a fast and act a fool. Fastly act a fool. Can't do that. I can't right before a fast be acting a fool. Then try to go in the fast. Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. Da, 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 I won't do it again. No, God was not pleased. He was not pleased. He absolutely was not pleased. At all. <sighs> Let me tell y'all something. When you can be honest about you to you and to someone else and to your spouse, you know you headed in a good direction with the Lord. You know you're shaking off some things. You know you're moving past some things. You know you are growing in God when you can confess something that is so ugly. And truly repent from it. Guess what? You're growing in God. We're growing together. I'm not sharing things for... To glorify nothing that I've done in my past. Because nothing in my past was glorious. The only thing in my past that was glorious is the fact that I knew who God was from a young age. That I knew I knew better starting at a young age. That's the only thing that kept me. Is that I knew God in the power of his might. I knew God. I knew who he was. I know I can go to him for anything. When I, when I first truly got saved and was running for God, fasting and praying, and all my prayers were getting answered, and I was on the right road. You couldn't tell me nothing. I was throwing holy oil everywhere. When I was on that path, and I could see God move, but then something came and moved me off my path. Someone came and moved me off my path. Some enemy came and moved me off my path. Some thought came and moved me off my path. I moved me off the path of righteousness because I followed after things of the world. The dare for 23 was remove anything that is is hindering your relationship. 
any addiction or influences that is stealing your affection and turning your heart away from your spouse. I had to remove me and ask God to fully take over. Lord, no longer I, but you. I had to fully say, Lord, remove me. Remove me. Because I truly love this man and I refuse to continue to hurt him. Lord, this man continues to love me. I refuse to go on in this behavior. Lord, remove me. And that's a big prayer, guys. That's an honest prayer, guys. That's the honest truth. I, I mean, when you can say, Lord, it's me. Oh, Lord, I know I've been wrong. Lord, when, when, Lord, when the Lord can show you your blessings and what will happen if you continue on at the same time, let me tell you. Why wouldn't I trust in that, Lord? Why wouldn't I turn from my wicked ways? Why wouldn't I walk righteous for him? When I know that's what I should have been doing, should have been doing the whole time in the first place. Keeping my hands to myself. Because not one time, besides to get me off of him and stop me from hitting him, he would grab me, grab my hands, and push me away. He would walk away. And yes, my foolish self would go after him. He would still be like, go on now, go on now. But never hit me. Did I deserve for him to hit me back? Of course I did because I know I was wrong. But I thank God that he didn't. I thank God because I am always the one. Oh, you can hit me if you want to. Go ahead, try. See what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, I can hit you, but you ain't going to hit me back. You better not unless you want to die. Now, how ignorant. And I use the word ignorant. How ignorant was I? How full of evilness was I? But yet I called myself a Christian. Yet I told this man, I love you. Out of the same mouth that I was speaking other four-letter words to him. Hate to him. Being hateful towards him. Mm. Lord, remove me. Remove me. Because it's me. When I did the Deliver Me song... For one of the lessons, one of the previous recordings, Lord, deliver me. Please deliver me from me. Because I was doing nothing but hurting myself, begging this man to love me. But I was being hateful to him. Remove me. It's me. Remove me. Lord, overflow in my life. Let this man know that every day I'm doing this challenge. I'm doing it out of sincerity, out of a sincere place, out of, I know I was wrong. If my grandma was to ever find out, then she's gone on the glory. And she, she probably looking like, what? Jesus, she did what? Can I go back and slap her real quick? Because I know she know better. When I tell you, when I tell you, I know my grandma would not have been pleased. I know, let mm-mm, mm-mm. Jesus was not pleased at all, at all, at all. He was not. 
Remove me, Lord. Remove me. And I thank God that he did just that. And I thank God my husband told me, I, I still love you. I don't like your crazy ways, but I still love you. I tried to stop loving you several times, but I still love you. When he told me that's why I stay out all night. Because I don't ever know which Shinika I'm going to get. So I have to stay out sometimes. And, I, and I'm and i like, you know, you know what? I, I understand. Because when you don't know what crazy version of the person you love you're going to get, you don't want to be around them. You just, you want to check in on them. Hey, you all right today? Okay, well, I'm about to go. Bye. Or you get up real early and be like, okay, I'll see you later. And I'm like, wait a minute, we're going to spend time together? No, I don't want to spend time with you. You crazy. So I cannot blame that man for his actions before. I cannot. I actually understand his actions even more now that I have opened my eyes to myself. And I thank God for that. Let's get into day 24. Love versus lust. The world is passing away and also is, and also it's lust. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. 1 John 2 and 17. The world is passing away and also it's lust. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. 1 John 2 and 17. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Now, we know what love is and we know what lust is. You can't get the two confused. I know when I met my husband, it was for lust. But I thank God that he meant it for love. Although at that time, I couldn't see it. And although at that time, I couldn't see how important man, excuse me, this man was going to be in my life. And I couldn't see that God placed this man in my life to love me past my hurt, my crazy, my pain. And I took him for granted. I knew I know how much God loves me. Because he turned my lust into a love. For this man. I just was wanting lust at the time. But it was God's love. That allowed this man to come into my life. And to stay in my life. Despite me. Despite all of my ugliness. Despite my craziness. It was God's love. Love versus lust. Adam and Eve were supplied with everything they needed in the Garden of Eden. They had fellowship with God and intimacy with one another. But after Eve was deceived by the serpent, she saw the forbidden fruit and set her heart on it. Then Adam joined her in sin, and they both and they both ate against God's command. Mm. I can have every fruit off of every other tree except for one. I'm not saying I don't look at it. I'm not saying I don't want to pass it 17 times a day. And think about it. But I can have fruit from every other tree. Why did I have to have that one? What is it about that one? That gets you off focus from what God has for you to do. That gets, uh, not y'all, that gets me off focus 
from what I have to do? Why does my attitude go from zero to 100 real quick? And I think I'm allowed to put my hands on my husband. Hold on one second. I'm making a mess. Why do I think that what God has provided all my needs according to his riches and glory? I can do without the one. And I always I always say, mm-mm, the way these um, menstrual cramps would be hitting, I know I wouldn't have ate of the fruit of the tree. I know I wouldn't have. But guess what? I might not have eaten of the fruit of the tree. That wasn't that wasn't my battle. That was Eve. But guess what? I bit off other fruits that I wasn't supposed to. Premarital sex. Teen pregnancy. Hitting my husband. I bit off many other forbidden fruit. Many others. And I'm talking about the one in the Garden of Eden. Oh, I couldn't, I wouldn't have did that. I love God so much. I love God so much. And yet I still did those things that I did. But I love God so much. But I love God so much. I call myself a Christian. But I keep biting off four-letter words. But I love God. Lord, you told me I shouldn't be saying stuff like that. I'm sorry I said it again. Lord, forgive me. I didn't did it again. Lord, this man is driving me crazy. It's all his fault again. No. No. And God said that was time out. If you're going to love, you're going to love. If you're going to follow after the world, you're going to die right along with the world. It goes on to say, I got to find out where I was. Hold on. <laughs> so I don't edit. I'll be trying to be real with this thing. Um, that's the prog- that's the progression from eyes to heart to action and then follow shame and regret. So even after they ate of the fruit and was deceived and Adam joined in with her in the sin and they both ate against God's command. It says that's the progression from eyes to heart to action and then follow shame and regret. I know that is true. I know that is true. And I'm not, I don't have, um, hold on, let me, let me read what today's, what that there was for the day. It says, end it now. Identify any obsession or object or lust in your life and let go of it. Expose any lie you swallow in pursuing forbidden pleasure and reject it. Lust cannot be allowed to live in a back closet. It must be killed and destroyed today. Focus on thanking God that he and what he provides can satisfy you and meet all your needs. I can say when we're looking at love and lust, a lot of people think it's another he, another she, another thing. You can be lusting after a car, more money, 
greed, a job position, and you're sitting here spending all your time and devotion into that, trying to go after that, but you neglect your marriage. You neglect your family. Ambition is good in moderation. God wants us to have the best, but when we try to be something that God didn't want us to be or trying to do whatever we can to get that top position. Like, oh, I'm going to be the one to rat everybody out every time they, oh, they sneeze. Don't be that person. Don't lust after something so bad that it takes you out of the will of God. Um, back to what I was saying where, um, it says that's the progression from eyes to heart to action and then follow shame and regret. Let me tell you again, like I said, I've recorded, this is the second time I'm recording this. And again, I've told you guys some things about me that I know y'all clutching y'all pearls. I know y'all, y'all ready to take me to the river. Like I said, hold me under for 30 minutes. I know, I know, you know why? Because I lived after lusting this man to now trying to learn how to love this man and being angry within myself from other things and just allow myself to do stuff that was ungodly to this man. And now I'm like, Lord, remove all of this off of me so I can truly love this man. And once you know you've done something, Oh, shame and regret hit you hard. Oh my God. Shame and regret hits you hard. But then I had to realize I don't have to live in shame at all. That doesn't mean, oh girl, let me tell you. Oh yeah, I used to beat my husband. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, that, that don't mean go around bragging about it. No, you're going around testifying. Let me tell you how God changed me because I was pure evil and was about to be a victim on snap. Let me tell you. And that's how I have to tell the story, not to glorify what I did, because there's no glory in anything that I did. God was not pleased with me. God was not pleased. And he let me know he was not pleased. Try it again. See what happened. No, thank you, Lord. But after I can get over the shame and regret, I can now tell the world, I know I've been changed. I I know I've been changed. You can ask my husband. I know I've been changed. Because every day during this challenge, she's, you all right? You okay? And some days again, I have to go back and redo because it didn't work out or we was fighting maybe. But never, ever again. I'm sitting on my hands. Let me tell you that ain't happening again because one, I will not allow the enemy to make me be shameful again, to do something that shames God again. Now I'm not saying I don't fall anymore. Don't, don't, don't take that. No, don't. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying there's not still other areas I have to be delivered in that I'm still Got a little shame in, but what I'm saying is God is shaking off the big stuff off of me 
that the little stuff is going to have to follow. God is re- renewing my mind daily in him and all those little things, you know, I, that I hadn't even thought of or focused on before. Now, when I see him like, oh, yeah, I got to. Why would why would I ever do that? Why did I ever? Lord, that one. OK, so now when I'm asking for forgiveness for all my sins, submission and omission, Lord, the little thing that I didn't think was a thing, even those are shaking off of me because I'm truly trying to love this man. Yes, it started off in lust, but I'm glad he still loved me enough to say, no, that's your husband. No, that's the one that's going to be there for you. I've pushed this man away. Like literally pushed him. Don't talk to me. I'm, don't call me. Don't. Uh-uh. Wait, what you calling me for? He would come over to my house. Just check on me to see if I'm okay. Why are you ill? Anybody tell you to come? Come over here. Go on back to where you came from now. And this man is still here, y'all. God showed me his unconditional love through my husband. God showed me, no matter how crazy you act, Jesus still died on the cross. Jesus said, how many times are you going to put me on the cross? Every time you act crazy, you put me on the cross. Every time hate comes out your mouth, you putting me on the cross. And I had to realize, no, Jesus, I, I don't want you to stay on the cross. I didn't, I need you to be, be preparing a place for me. Because this world, I don't, uh-uh, this world is not my home. I'm trying to get to heaven. But I had to change. So I didn't wait to, I didn't even know about what this day was going to be, obviously. Um, but when I got to this day and it said, end it now. Period. End it now. That was like God reiterating to me. End it now. So daily, I have to remind myself, uh-uh. Don't you say nothing out, out your mouth crazy to that man. I know you tired. He knows you tired. He knows you seeing about your family. He knows your dad is in the hospital. He knows you don't have to be ugly towards him just because he left his shoes out in the middle of the floor again. And you want to throw him out? No, you better not. You just move the shoes and keep going. And then guess what happened after that? Babe, I'm sorry. I know you keep asking me not to put my shoes there. I'm sorry. I'm going to do better. And I said nothing. I just did it. And guess what? I noticed the shoes are not in the wrong place. Now, do they slip up and be there again? Sometimes. But not as often as it was because I'm changing and so is my husband. Because I'm trying to be in the right place with God and my husband. And my husband is trying to get our relationship back on track with me too. Because I'm putting in the effort to end everything that I've done against God and against my husband. That guess what? Now joy, peace, and healing can take place. Now my fasting and my praying won't be in vain. Now I can ask God for what I will. 
And it should come to pass as soon as God says yes. As soon as I'm in the right standing to handle the blessing that I'm asking for. It shouldn't be a problem. Because I've changed my wicked ways. Wicked ways. I ended it. I ended it before that day. Mm. That was a lot. That was a lot right there. So I figured out what happened, you guys. I know, wow, I was recording for (laughs) two hours and it all didn't get on there. Because it only takes an hour of recording. (laughs) That's what happened. I'm glad I paid attention to that just now. And um, so I had to pause that part right there and start over. Because it has almost been an hour, believe it or not. But, again, I thank God that I ended me. I thank God I ended me. I thank God that I buried the old man in me. And I was resurrected new. I thank God that my husband, see, I'm sincere about this thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not playing. I love this man. I want this man to stay in my life. I want God to be pleased with me in every aspect of, of, of pleasure. I want, I want my prayers answered. I want him, I want God to renew my mind, renew my heart. I cannot tell you I love you and hit you because that's not love. So I had to stop it. I had to stop it. Day 25, love forgives. Love forgives. Oh my God, love forgives. When I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, I did it for your sakes in the presence of Christ. 2 Corinthians 2 and 10. What I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, I did it for your sakes in the presence of Christ. 2 Corinthians 2 and 10. Mm. This one is tough. Perhaps the toughest dare in the book. But if there's to be any hope for your marriage, this is a challenge that must absolutely be taken seriously. Counselors and ministers who deal with broken couples will tell them that this is the most complex problem of all, a rupture that is often the last to be prepared. It cannot just be considered and contempted. It cannot just be considered and contemplated, but but must be deliberately resolved. Oh my goodness. I can't read. Oh, 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 oh. It says it cannot just be considered and contemplated, but it must be deliberately resolved. Forgiveness has to happen or a successful marriage won't. Wow. Will you just think of everything I just said I've done to this man? 
forgiveness has to take place. It has to resolve. It has to be here. It has to happen or a successful marriage won't. So today's there was whatever you haven't forgiven in your mate, forgive it today. Let it go. Just as we ask Jesus to forgive us our debts each day, we must ask him to help us forgive our, de- our debtors each day as well. Unforgiveness has been keeping you and your spouse in prison too long. Say from your heart, I choose to forgive. I had to tell this man, I'm sorry. I hope you forgive me for all this that I've done. For every time I hit you when I know you ain't my child. For every time I said bad words out my mouth to you, forgive me. For every ugly thing I ever said or done to you, forgive me. I love you. And this man to still tell me, babe, it hurt me that you would do that. But I still love you. I couldn't stop loving you. I can't stop loving you. I was so overjoyed with that conversation. So glad with that conversation. So pleased that I can hear this man saying he still loved me. And I can see how hard you know, in his face when we're talking, how hard it was for him to continue to love me. And I thank God that he did. I thank God that God continued to love me through him. Because that takes the love of God right there. That literally takes the love of God. So instead of me have saying that I forgive you or telling my husband I forgive him, again, I turned around and asked for forgiveness. Because, again, sometimes it's not them that is broken in the relationship. Sometimes it's us that's broken in the relationship. That's why I'm doing this love there. Because I was broken. I was the one who needed to be forgiven in the relationship. Mm. Because when you thought, when we started out this thing, we had to do nice stuff for them and, you know, let them know we love them so they can see that we're trying and you're actually putting forth an effort for them and they should realize it and, you know, start to love you more because you're doing things for them. But, ah, when you get to the meat of it, but, ah, when you get to the real stuff in it, it's actually you that has to change. It's actually you that has to be forgiven. Because it was you that caused all the strife in the first place. It was you being the enemy in your marriage in the first place. And not to say that the other person is perfect and flawless. No, that's not what it's saying. Because we all have our flaws. We all have mess that God needs to clean up. Daily. Renewing our mind. That's why I say remove. Daily. Renew a right spirit in me. Daily. Renew a right spirit in me. Daily renewal right spirit in me, Jesus. I need this daily. Not once a week. Not only when it's time for a fast. Daily, I need this. 
And I thank God my husband was willing to forgive me and tell me those words out of his mouth. And I thank him. I, I thanked him so much. I was like, you just don't understand how much I really love you and how hurt I am that I hurt you. Because, yeah, I would tell him I was sorry afterwards. Not right afterwards. Um, It might take me a couple of days. And I would then come back and say, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I'm crazy. Forgive me. But then I didn't mean it because I would do it again. And when you mean something, when you really intentionally want to stop something, and you really are truly apologetic about something, you end it at that moment. It's done. You don't do it no more. Mm, 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 mm. Day 26 says, Love is responsible. What? Ooh. Love is responsible. When you judge another, you condemn yourself. Since you, the judge, do the same things. Romans 2 and 1 from the HCSB translation. I don't know what translation that is. But let me read that one more time. When you judge another, you condemn yourself. Since you, the judge, do the same things. Mm. Romans 2 and 1. Again, that's from the HCSB um, version. Okay, judge. You want to judge people? You know. You know. Okay, maybe not y'all. Y'all ain't gave nobody a side eye and been judging them. Ooh, why she got on that? Why she wearing that? She just doing that for attention. She got your attention too. Mm. Judge your pants. Judge you much? Why don't why they did that? Why don't do it like this? Who said we wanted it that way? And why it's like this? But you ain't make no effort to help. But now you want to criticize. Mm. Judge it, judge it. I ain't talking about y'all. I'm talking about me. Hmm. God has designed his gift of marriage with many priceless benefits. Many priceless benefits. He designed this thing with many priceless benefits. Research research shows that married people are happier, healthier, live longer, and make more money and have better sex lives. They also produce healthier, happier children than people who remain single. Do you realize how much value your spouse adds to your life? It's almost incomprehensible. What? What? Mm, 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 mm. Mm, 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 mm. Let me tell you something. God just showed me how valuable my husband was with this one. Because not only am I happy, my kids are happy. When they see me happy with him, they're happy. And they know this man brings me joy. But when I was being ugly and mean to this man, the only, let me tell you, the only person that would call me out would be my oldest. And I'm like, what? Ain't nobody ask you? You ain't my mama. I'm your mama. But she was only telling me the truth. 
and of course she's older she's 28 so she can tell me the truth them 21 year olds can't tell me nothing and definitely not the 15 year old and my 12 year old grandson can't tell me nothing but she can because she see like okay lady you crazy he crazy for being with you but you real crazy you need to stop and I had to realize she wasn't saying this because she, no, I'm sorry. She was saying this because she loves me. That's what I meant to say. She was only saying this because she loves me. She was only telling me the truth. Oh, you need to apologize to the man. He was trying to help you out in the bathtub. You kept falling. What? Sometimes the wisdom comes from the child. Mm. Listen, parents. Sometimes the wisdom comes from the children. Let me tell you, children can teach you some things. No matter they a two-year-old can teach you some things sometimes. You ain't know how to get something open, send a two-year-old in there. They'll show you. They will show you how to open it. How you get in that cabinet? I got all these these locks on this cabinet. Blah, blah, blah. They adult-proof. They ain't child-proof. Children will teach you things. Love is responsible. Mm, 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 mm. So it says, take time to pray through your areas of responsibility and your area of wrongdoing where you have failed. Ask God for forgiveness, then humble yourself enough to admit to admit them to your spouse. Do it sincerely and truthfully. Ask your spouse for forgiveness as well. No matter how they respond, Make sure you cover your responsibility in love. So again, I had to ask my husband for forgiveness again. And again, he said, man, I thought we talked about this already. And I told you I can't stop loving you. Didn't we just talk about that? And I'm like, yes. But I need to tell you I love you and ask you to forgive me again. Because I want to make sure you know I'm sorry. Completely sorry. Not just blowing smoke. Not just saying something. Just to be saying something. But I am sincere about this. I love you that much. I want you to know I'm not giving up on us. I want you to know I will never do that again. I want you to know I'm standing by what I said. I want you to know that I hate that me of me and she will no longer exist. She is not coming back. Forgive me. And he was like, I forgive you. I love you. I haven't stopped loving you. Even, even though you're crazy. And all I can do is laugh when he said that. Because that was crazy of me to be foolish enough to do that to him. So, again, just asking my husband for forgiveness again on day 26. Day 27, love encourages. Guard my soul and deliver me. Do not let me be ashamed, for I take refuge in you. Psalms 25 and 20. Guard my soul and deliver me. 
Do not let me be ashamed, for I take refuge in you. Psalms 25 and 20. This goes back into that being ashamed part. Don't let me be, don't let me be ashamed, Lord. Let me tell you something. It's hard to get on here and tell you guys what I've done. That's not easy to sit here and have to tell people how evil I was. Even though I was hiding behind the word Christian. A wolf in sheep clothing. But I then took off that wolf and I have humbled myself. I have repented from my wicked ways. So guess what? That's the old me. I'm not looking back. I'm ashamed of the things I've done. Don't get me wrong. But devil, you won't hold shame over my head. That is a lie. Let me tell you, my faith has grown so much in this thing. So much that I know when I started off, I said I want to be transparent, give y'all the good, bad, and the ugly. And I've told y'all the days that it didn't go right. I told y'all the days that I was upset or this didn't happen, whatever. I was, I'm being transparent in this thing because I want to help somebody know that you're not the only one out there that has done crazy things to your spouse, but you can stop doing it and consider your spouse as your loved one, like you, as the love of your life, like they should be. And you can grow in your marriage that God can really come in and change your heart and mind and renew a right spirit in you and you get it right. And guess what? And they'll see and be like, what's going on with you? And they'll be like, okay, I see a change in you. Okay, when my husband kept saying, are you okay? What's wrong with you? Because this ain't you. You you used to be snapping. You, what? Let me tell you something. I'm not ashamed to get on here and tell you guys my wrongs so y'all can see. Don't take it ever that far. Don't ever do that. Now, you can't always... Share everything with people. If God has not given you the strength to share things, sometimes you can't share things. People will look at you side and like, I know some of y'all are clutching your pearls. Like I said, and like y'all going to be looking at me with the side eye when y'all hear this. My pastor going to be like, girl, come here. What? You did what? Thank God for deliverance. Come on, let's pray. I got the pool warm right now. Come on, because you're about to get in it. And pull me to the side. Yes, there's going to be some people who look at you. But guess what? It's okay, because that's my past. I don't do it no more. I'm not ashamed. Do you see the change in me? I hope when you're looking hard at me and giving me the side eye, you're trying to see the change in me and that you see the Jesus in me. I hope when you're giving me that side eye, you're realizing that, oh, now she's walking in faith, walking by faith and not by sight. Why are you giving me that side eye? I hope you realize I'm pressing toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Why are you giving me that side eye? I hope you see me looking to the hills for which cometh my help, knowing that all my help coming from the Lord. Why are you giving me that side eye? Because people going to give you the side eye no matter what you do in life. Those who are in your corner, 
and those who are not in your corner. Remember, Jesus called Judas to be a disciple. So those in your circle and out your circle are going to give you a side eye. The real one's going to look at you and be like, come here, let me beat you for that, that foolishness. Why are you doing that? People, those who see you do wrong and know you do wrong are going to try to help you correct your actions. They're going to call you out on your wrongs so you can get it right. Because they love you that much. Because God loved us that much. He called our sins out. He calls our sins out. He makes us face them and deal with them. That's why we have to die daily to flesh. That's why we have to ask for the renewing of our mind. Restore unto me, Lord, the joy of my salvation. Lord, I need you to restore the joy of my salvation. Because I cannot say I'm saved and act foolish with my husband. Mm-mm. I need the joy of my salvation. Salvation is joy. I've been delivered. I've been healed. I've been set free. No longer am I hell bound, Lord. I need my joy. So I can't be bringing hell in my marriage. I need my joy. Then I got to pray over this man. Speak peace to this man. Be peace to this man. I want my joy. I can't be shouting in the church, raising hell at home. Absolutely unacceptable. Now, when I'm praising God at church, now when I'm shouting in church, now when I'm giving God all the glory, now when I'm telling how good God has been to me, it's from a sincere place, a place that once was broken, but God has mended it, all my broken pieces. I'm coming from a place so deep in faith that I know if God can change me, someone who's looking at me can be changed. Someone who's giving me the side, I'm going to catch a glimpse of the Holy Spirit and be changed. Somebody going to see the light that shineth in me and they're going to want to come running to see what they have to do to be saved. What I'm telling you is God can come in and change things. God can come in and make things new. God can come in and do a work that only he can do in you. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Love encourages. Marriage has a way of altering our vision. We can go in expecting our mate to fulfill our hopes and make us happy. But this is impossible. This is an impossible order to fill. So our unrealistic expectations breed disappointment. The higher your expectations, the more likely your spouse will fail you and cause you frustration. Stop putting unexpected, unrealistic, sorry, not unexpected, unrealistic expectations on your spouse. Mm-mm. Don't do that. Don't set yourself up for failure. Why would I want this man to want to spend time with me? Why do I get upset that this man this man would never spend time with me when I wanted to spend time with him with the foolishness I done? And it would just frustrate me. 
So now when I can sit down and talk to this man and we spend quality time together talking, enjoying each other, watching movies again, things of that nature that we've done before. Now I can expect this man to come home at a decent time. And he has been. Now I can expect this man to say, babe, what you want to do today? Babe, can we just sleep in? I'm tired, babe. I just want to lay here and hold you. Now, now I can expect good things to come back from my husband. Because I have truly, truly put all my hope in God. I have truly changed from my wicked ways. And God is healing my land, which is my family and my marriage. God is healing them. Now when I pray... I can get a prayer through. I'm not just doing this vain thing to be seen. But now when I pray. Oh, it's a sincere prayer. From the heart. Now the expectations of my husband picking up some slack. Now those things are being met. Those things are being done. Because yeah, I would have not wanted to do it either. If I was getting the treatment he was doing, he was getting, I wouldn't want to be around me either. Because I don't know when you're crazy gonna gonna come out. But now I can have some expectations, and they be done. Now, but then I couldn't. I couldn't put. A whole lot of expectations on him. Knowing I wouldn't do it. We have to remember. As a couple. You you got. As a couple. We each have. Certain responsibilities. And what is. The responsibilities you have. Decided would be one person's responsibility. And accountability. That is the thing that you have. To hold them to because they agreed to. But you can't expect more of them if that's not something y'all agreed to. Like me and my husband had the agreement, if I cook, you clean. If you cook, I clean. And so that's something we look at each other like, well, I cook, you supposed to clean. And now with us both being busy and things going on and we realizing, okay, that worked when... I was the only one working and he was at home and if he cooked, I would come home and clean the kitchen or, or when I was off, if I cooked, he would clean the kitchen. But now that we both work, neither one of us want to clean the kitchen, but guess what? Somebody got to say, okay, I cook. So I also have to clean. So you don't have to come back from work and clean. So now we had to switch it up and say, okay, if I cook, I'm gonna go ahead and clean. If you see a mess in the bathroom, go ahead and clean it up. Or if you see the clothes need to be washed, I'm going to go ahead and wash them. And not expecting the other one to always do it. Unrealistic expectations. But love encourages. When is the last time you said some encouraging words? Not expecting anything back. When is the last time? 
you told your spouse how great they were with the children, how great it was that they cleaned the kitchen, how great it was that they folded the clothes, how great it was that they washed and dried and folded the clothes. Oh, my God. Lord, I thank you for cleaning up the house because I was tired. When is the last time you encouraged them? To want to be a help. When's the last time you encouraged them? So when they see you tired. They can say go ahead and get some rest. Because. When you. Don't encourage them. They're not going to encourage you. They're not going to be able to support you. The way you need them to support you. If you're not speaking encouraging words to them, if you're not praising them, thank you for even though you know it needed to be done, you seen it because uh, you seen that it needed to be done too. You seen all them dirty clothes piling up. You know them clothes need to be washed too. But when is the last time you said thank you for taking care of that? I appreciate it because I was tired. When is the last time you just said anything nice to your spouse? To make them want to do the extra. We we always expect them to pick up the slack quickly. You see it needs to be done. Don't wait for me to do it. Just just like we do our kids. Just like we, when I come home from work. It better not be no dishes in that sink. If there's some dishes in the sink. Oh it's going to be some smoke in the city. What? And we do the same thing to our spouses. Knowing they work just as hard as we do. Maybe harder. It all depends. We expect them to do certain things unrealistically, knowing they come home tired too. So everything shouldn't fall on one person. The expectations that they going to just automatically go clean the dishes because the dishes in the sink. You seen them dishes in the sink too. Did you just roll your eyes and walk away because you didn't feel like doing it, but They might not feel like doing it either. And I always say, if there's some dishes in the sink, now that I'm not with my drill drill sergeant daddy, let me tell you, they can sit there for a minute. I spray them down with bleach and keep it moving. They'll they'll sit there and soak for a minute. They'll be good and ready to get washed when, when somebody wash them. But my kitchen won't be looking filthy. The stove will be clean. The floor will be, will be swept and mopped. It may be some dishes in the sink. But you can go in the cabinet and find a clean glass to get you something to drink with that you can do. My countertop won't be nasty, let me tell you that. Oh, yeah, there's dishes in the sink. And there's some people who be like, oh, your kitchen ain't clean if you got dishes in the sink. You ain't supposed to have dishes in the sink. Boo, I get tired. I'm a nurse. I work 12-hour shifts three or four days a week. And on call one day out of two weeks. Let me let me tell you something. My husband worked Monday through Friday at the place making um bricks and slabs and uh um stones for people for their decorating their garden and um to build their houses and to make fire pits and he'd be tired mixing all that concrete, getting it all over him. Um so yeah, sometimes there's dishes in my sink. But my kitchen ain't filthy. 
And I know some of y'all like, yeah, it is, sis. No, it's not. Trust me, it's not. Because if my mama would come in here right now and see my kitchen, she would be like, I see you got dishes in your sink, but everything else is clean. Spotless everywhere else. So my kitchen ain't filthy, y'all. And I can easily go in there and wash the plates, the glasses, and the forks that is in there. Because trust me, the pots and pans have already been washed if I cook. So it's not like I have pots, pans, everything flowing outside the sink on the side of the counter. Absolutely not. Let me let me just put that disclaimer out there. Absolutely not. It's not dirty dishes everywhere. Oh, no, Al. Oh, no, no, no. I don't play that now. Now, that might start a real argument. I don't know who would be arguing more, me or my husband. Because that's one thing we don't, We neither one of us can stand that. Mm-mm. Now, if the dishes is running over out the sink, oh, we draw the line right there. I think we did that one time. One time. And both of us was fussing. Why is all these dishes? No, you tell me. You've been here. No, why? No, uh I know you've seen it too. And we just started laughing. Then we got to washing and drying together. Because that is that. Uh, we don't like that. So that's how I know. Y'all can say what y'all want to about my dishes in my sink. My kitchen ain't filthy. But there's some plates and some glasses in there. Or bowls, actually, because I made chili yesterday. There's some bowls. <laughs> And some spoons. And a glass. But you can go in my kitchen cabinet. Get you a glass. And a clean glass. And a clean spoon. Spoon and a bowl. If you want some chili. Right now. Right now you can do those things. In my kitchen. You can even cook a whole nother meal. If you want to. Because my pots and pans are clean. It's just bowls. And spoons in the sink. And guess what? When I get finished recording, I'm going to go wash them. So my husband don't have to. And guess what? The expectations of him coming home to a clean house will be met. The expectations of me coming back to a clean house will be met. Because I know he's not going to come in. And make a mess and not clean up behind himself. Because he will see not have clean. And that's one thing we do do. If I know the other one was in there. I know you just seen me clean the kitchen. And you come in here and dirty these dishes. No we gonna wash that dish. We don't care what it is. A spoon for it. We gonna wash it when we done. Just so we don't start an argument. Now that's funny. Now that's very funny that we do that. Ooh, they just clean the kitchen. Ooh, but I want something to eat and something to drink. So let me wash my dishes when I'm done. Now we do that. That's crazy. But then there's days that, okay, we'll eat dinner. Whoever cook has washed the pots and the pans because I don't know why. The pots and the pans get washed automatically. But the plates and the, fork, the forks and the glasses, they be sitting there for a minute. That's crazy. But they be in the sink and they don't be running over. So we we do have expectations that are realistic that we can count on that get done because we just going to do it. Because, again... When I say we both was arguing about them dishes on the counter, oh my goodness, yes, yes, we did. Yes, we did. But we got in there together and did it. And it was funny 
And we laughed the whole time. I was like, well, I can't believe we argued and we both seen it, but we both don't like them dishes. So that ain't never going to happen again. And the expectations of it never happened again, it's a realistic one because we both know we don't like it. And it never happened again. So we got to remember to encourage them. Speak love and joy over their lives so some of our expectations can be met. Because when we encourage them, it encourages us to stay prayerful for them. Then we'll see our prayers in action. Then we'll know God is working in our favor. Because we are speaking encouragement over our spouse. So you have to eliminate the poison of unrealistic expectations in your home. Think of one or two areas where your spouse has told you that you're expecting too much. And tell them you're sorry for being so hard on them. Praise them for something positive and assure them of your unconditional love. I had to tell my husband, I'm sorry. I expect you to fold the clothes like me. When you wash the clothes. And I was expecting you to fold and put them up like me. You you did at least do the laundry. And I do have some... It's a clean bra to put on, so guess what? I can't be mad because I expect you to do exactly what I do. So I had to apologize for unrealistic things. One, I didn't raise you. Your your parents raised you. My kids know when they do laundry, they fold it and put it up. But you're not my child. You're my husband. My children know when I come home from work, there will not be no dishes in the sink. But again, you're not my child. You're my husband. I didn't raise you. Your parents did. And we have come to the understanding that some dishes in the sink is okay. But we're going to get them washed before they overflow, that's for sure. And it's dishes, not pots and pans. I don't know why. I still don't know why that is so crazy. We will wash them pots and pans. We will. And leave the other dishes inside. We, yeah, that's crazy. I don't know. I got to talk to my husband about that. I don't know why we do that. Because we could just wash the rest of them, right? That, that makes sense too, right? Mm. And I'm not saying, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, oh, we see the pots and pans is dirty and we go in there and only wash the pots and pans. I'm saying when we cook and we're cleaning, we have already washed the pots and the pans and put them up. So then when we turn around and eat the dishes that we ate with the plate, the fork, the knife, whatever, the in the glasses, those get put in the sink and not washed. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying, oh, there's a pot right there that's dirty. Let's go clean it and not clean the rest of it. That's not that. Let me. I had to clarify that. I had to. I had to quickly clarify that because I didn't know if y'all got what I was saying. But yeah, yeah, we have to get rid of unrealistic expectations. Or expecting them to have the house spotless all the time when both of you work. And both of you may just be running in and out the house. Running in to shower, to go to sleep, to get rest, to do it all over again, to go back out the door to work again. That's unrealistic expectation for him to expect you to keep the house spotless. 
and you work just as hard as he do. Just as it's an unrealistic expectation for him to keep the house spotless when he worked just as hard as you do. So guys, I hope you are staying encouraged out there. I hope you are expecting God to do miracles because now we can expect the unexpected from God. We can expect unrealistic things to happen when it comes from God. We can expect expect that because guess what? God is keeping me. God has protected me. God has kept me alive after all the foolishness I have done to my husband. And God is has forgiven me, and so has my husband. So what I'm saying is we cannot put expectations on a human who has flaws just like we do. We can put expectations on God because in his word, he said we can expect blessings on blessings on blessings. So we can expect God to do more than we can ever imagine or think, not our spouse. Yes, we can expect them to go above and beyond sometimes. Because they do. Don't sit there and say they don't. Because, you know, sometimes you be like, what? Look at what he did. Look at what she did. That blew my mind. But that is not a daily thing. And that's unrealistic. I hope I'm encouraging you guys out there. I hope you guys are still... I hope y'all still, you know, let go of them pearls. I know I know y'all was still clutching y'all pearls over some things I said. Let go of them pearls. You're going to break them pearls. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying my realness. I hope you guys are really getting something out of this. Again, I had to use the song, Thank You, Lord, for all you've done for me for this, for this um, segment. Because, oh my God, it was nothing but God that kept me. God's love, God's power, God's protection. Because my husband could literally just have snapped on me and killed me, for real. So, I have to thank God. I have to thank God, because he's so worthy. So, so worthy to be praised, you guys. Again, you can reach out to me at laboroflove1820 at yahoo.com. Again, that's Labor of Love, 1820 at yahoo.com. Y'all tell me where them baptismal pools are. Fill them up. Fill them up. Fill them up. Because I need to jump in. I know y'all want to hold me down, hold my head under for 30 minutes, and say, and, you know, tell the Lord, we doing it. We, we just baptizing the Lord. We ain't killing them. I, I know. I know. I Trust me, I know. That's why I keep asking where the baptismal pools at, y'all. Because I know. I know. But let me tell you, let me tell you how good God is. Let me tell you how much he loves me. Because again, when God can show me the blessings he has for me, as well as what would happen if I don't change. Oof. Warning comes before the destruction. He warned me. But he showed me what is waiting for me as well. Why would I want to give up my blessings? Why would I want to forfeit my crown in heaven? Why would I want to forfeit that 
for foolishness. So no longer am I ashamed or doing shameful stuff. No longer am I being evil to my husband. No longer am I a wolf in sheep clothing. I have literally told God, remove me, remove me. Let him see you in me. I don't want him to look at me. I want him to look at you. I want him to see you when he look at me. I have absolutely nothing to be desired, Lord. But I want this man to desire me again. So please remove me is what I had to say. And you guys, again, I thank you guys for listening. I thank you guys for encouraging me. I thank you guys for praying for me. I thank you guys for getting the baptismal pools ready for me, everything. I thank you guys because let me tell you, I learned that, you you know, you can't share everything with everybody. And because, you know, people just use that against you. They will, they will try to use your past against you. Oh, they will try. But let me tell you something. I'm not ashamed because again, like I said, this is the second time I recorded this. And again, I found out because, you know, it only records for an hour and I talked for two hours like I'm about to do now, but I'm about to get off here. But I realized that I still shared what I did to my husband with you guys. I still shared my flaws with you guys because I'm no longer ashamed. I I will not allow the devil to have any, any, anything over me. What I'm trying to say is, guys, move from the shame and regret. Whatever your shame and your regret is, allow God to remove it. I had said in the the first time I recorded it, (laughs) I was saying how my faith has grown past the mustard seed, that it has grown to an elephant. And um, at first I used to not like when my bishop would say, um, roll with me or get rolled over, but I like it now. Because now that my faith is the size of an elephant, that I know when God says, put the, uh, the enemy under my feet, oh, my feet are elephant size. Oh, you getting crushed today. Oh, oh, I see trouble coming my way. Oh, you getting ran over today. That's how big my faith is in God. It has grown. I hope y'all, you guys are sitting on top of your elephant of faith. If I have to put it in in that kind of form to show you guys that that's how much faith I have in God. Because of how much faith he has instored in me. How much faith he has renewed in me. How much he has delivered me from me. My faith is elephant seed faith. Okay. My mustard seed then cracked open and grew a plenty. It grew a whole elephant y'all. My mustard seed grew an elephant. I seen something on Facebook that I love so, so, so much. And I remember posting, I ain't been on Facebook in a while, but it said when it said something like this, when, when the world is throwing problems and trouble your way and people are looking to see, or in when the world or people are throwing lemons at you that represents your problems. And they looking to see what you're going to do. Make grape juice. I said, what you say now? Because mostly everybody be like, take those lemons and make lemonade. 
Well, watch out now. I'm going to take these lemons and make some grape juice. Because guess what? Grape juice is sweet, sweet. And you know, because we got to add the sugar to the lemon, lemon juice. But grapes are sweet, sweet. You don't have to add anything to them if they're right. It's grapes. And you make grape juice. Throw lemons at me all you want to. I'm going to make some grape juice. I'm making grape juice with the lemon, guys. I have learned that, guess what? You can keep throwing them. And yeah, I like me a little bit of lemonade every now and then. And I might make some lemon juice, some lemonade with it too. But I'm going to surprise all y'all and make some grape juice. And y'all going to be looking, now how she do that? Because I know I've been throwing all this at her. How she do that? Because my God makes the impossible possible. He took old wretched me. Old, wretched, ugly me. And change me. Continue to make grape juice with your lemons, guys. Continue to stay encouraged. Continue to lift me up. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Father God, we thank you for everyone who's listening to the podcast, Lord. I pray someone is getting something out of it, Lord. Lord, right now, in your name, Father God, continue to renew a right spirit in me and my listeners, Father God. Continue to work, um... A work in our marriage, Father God. Show our spouses that we truly do love them, Father God. We don't mean to harm them. We're going to protect them. We're going to encourage them. We love them. We forgive them, Lord. We hope they forgive us, Lord, as we grow in this love, in this marriage, in you, Father God. In everything we do, we want you to get the glory. Lord, now we thank you for continuing to bless and keep us. Make your face shine upon us. Be gracious unto us. We thank you for lifting up your countenance unto us and giving us a peace that surpasses all understanding. And as we depart from this podcast, but never from your presence, may your Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide in us, hence now and forevermore. Lord, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. For you, God, are truly worthy, 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 worthy to be praised or you guys go forth be blessed i thank you again from lit for listening i just thank god for covering me renewing me changing me and i hope you guys are changing as well may god keep and bless you